Hello, I'm Kyle Green, and welcome to the Greenway Outdoors number one podcast with Jeff Hutchinson. You want to introduce yourself, Jeff? Say yeah, something I'll, cool. I'll do that. I'll say my name is Jeff Hutchinson. I'm the co-host, <laughs> and uh, number one is not in the name of the podcast, just to be clear. <laughs> Don't search Greenway Outdoors podcast number one. There's so many competitors out there with the same name that we just have to... You know, a lot of people actually think it's spelled the green way, and green way being one word as yeah, opposed to two. It's not. It's, four ways if that was your last name we wouldn't be friends you want to trigger kyle yeah spell it like that yeah <laughs> it's also hosted by our director aaron beetle who goes by aj the tech deck master what up <laughs> good um and then ryan parks yep i'm Who's ryan up? parks creative producer yeah you are yep that's yeah. me <laughs> so welcome to our first podcast we're gonna dive right into it by just talking a little bit about the tv show um, because we are a TV show first and a podcast second, but The Greenway Outdoors is an international tele- cable television show. Mm-hmm. Um, we air on Pursuit Channel as of right now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, an, it's a half-hour-long show, and every episode is about a specific tactic for a specific species being hunting or fishing. So we could be on the Detroit River targeting walleye using jigs. You love that one. That's, That's my go-to. It's a, a good one. It's a, yeah, Jeff, it's a good one. Thank you, AJ. Uh, and... <laughs> This is the most passive-aggressive outdoor podcast in history. Mm-hmm. But besides targeting a specific tactic for a specific for a specific species, how, how many times do I got to say it before I can get it out? We also uh, talk about the conservation of the species. So we might be, uh, and the goal of that is really to decriminalize the hunt. So hunters and fishermen are often attacked for their uh, for their activities because it's. You know, there's killing involved. A lot of times by people who don't hunt or fish, but even more aggressively by people who do hunt and fish. Which is weird. But because we'll get... of some little thing that you did that, why would you do that? <laughs> but we'll, we will get into that later on, too, because that's an important t- topic is hunters attacking each other. But um, the Green Outdoors, again, half-hour show, specific tactic for specific species. We talk about the conservation of the species. So in 1960, the wild turkey was almost extinct in Michigan, but because of dollars provided by hunters and fishermen through conservation efforts. We now have a huntable population. You buy a turkey tag for $30, that brings five new wild turkeys into the wild, and maybe you take one. If you're Jeff, you definitely don't take one. And if you're me, you definitely do take one. (laughs) Our records speak for themselves with turkey hunting. Yes, they do. But (laughs) that hands-on conservation teaches about how hunters give back. And then we have the Greenway Gear Checklist, which is brought to you by the Boy Scouts of America. And that is everything. Be prepared. Nice. Everything you need for the hunting and fishing trip. Uh, Gear-wise, so you need this gun and this ammo and this layout blind or this jig for the Detroit River walleye fishing trip. Mm-hmm. On the river. On the river. Very specific. And then we show you the hunt in a reality show-style format. Uh, we have We're a, sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a true reality show. And then we also have a, a kind of a feel-good segment talking about the lessons we learned on that show. And then also dive into, uh, uh, we bring a Bible verse into that. Then we have a cooking studio. Uh, Trevaro actually provides uh, with Wolf and Sub-Zero appliances in Auburn Hills, Michigan. It's gorgeous. It's more than we deserve. <laughs> it's more than we deserve. <laughs> we, don't, we don't deserve them. <laughs> They're like the nicest Christian family in the world, too. But we film there for our uh, cooking segment. So you learn everything you need to know, and we take you from woods to the table every time. What's your new thing? Uh, you know, not a big deal. It's just, uh, you know, hunt, fish, and dish, whatever. <laughs> I like that one, actually. It's pretty I good. I do, too. It's a good tagline. Shout out to Steve Ranella. But that is the background of our television show. And uh, I, I want to note real quick that uh, the cooking segment, 
I make the recipes so everyone can calm down. Kyle doesn't touch it until we're filming, and then I watch him. So we're good. But AJ and I like work together in the editing to make it look like it was me. It was Kyle. <laughs> it was all me. It was in all spite me. of you. In spite. Of, <laughs> it is in spite of you. I will lose viewers, but whatever. <laughs> but diving right in, so. Um, the first segment that we're going to do every week is kind of talking about a specific hunting or fishing story that's always pretty entertaining, whether it's a successful hunt or just hilarious. And lucky for us, we don't have to go back that far. Opening day of duck season has never been good for us. Yeah. Um, no, well, it's either been great or terrible. Filming. At least for filming. I'm sure you've had your success Oh, if we're not your, filming, your it's, youth. it's easy. Ducks galore, great camera shots, but there's no camera. So we actually decided to do a managed waterfall hunt and partner with the Department of Natural Resources and get in the lottery hunts. And very much like the Mega Millions thing that everyone was in last night, um, you don't win if you're a good guy. <laughs> and we're great guys. Or even if you meet with the people who put it on first. Right. right. <laughs> I like how we're going to pick up our random Boston accent in this show. And it's going to Are happen. they from Boston? Are they from They said Michigan. I, I have had that. People have asked me that. Are you saying, Where are they from? And I have to tell them that they just do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We picked up a Boston accent for no good reason. No good reason. one time and picked it up and that's it. And that's like, if we're, it, I don't do it when I'm not around you though. I'm fine if I'm not around you. As soon I, as I get I do it. When I, first, when I first started working here, you guys were doing that. And I didn't know what was going on. I don't know why that Boston have, accent would randomly come out. Have you picked it up when you're not around us? Absolutely you not. notice yourself doing Absolutely it? Absolutely not. I do it. <laughs> Anytime I'm joking, I have a hard time not. Oh God! Yeah, it's, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a tick for me now, even in yeah. public with friends and family. Yeah, AJ, I just it comes out. AJ, even, it's a it's a tick. Yeah. AJ does do it. Yeah, I'm and, glad. I'm glad we we have we've had an impact. And it's on multiple him. accents. It's not just, just like you said, an impact on us. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so we did a uh, um, we did the managed waterfall duck hunt. We went in. We got in the lottery. I had to wake up at like. 4 a.m. and almost make us late. But, that uh, sounds adorable. You, you and Jeff late, because I'm pretty sure Ryan and I are always on time. Yeah. I had to Absolutely. drive yeah. to you first, so I had to get up at 2.30, and oh, I was 10 minutes late. <laughs> you got two hours of sleep, and I got all the equipment ready. I, I slept on my parents' couch, because it's like way closer to where we had to go. Yeah, and you got to cuddle with a dog. So Panzer. Win-win. Yeah. yeah, it is a win-win. I love dogs. But anyhow, <laughs> super random fact. <laughs> I really want a golden retriever. I really, really want a golden yeah, retriever. That one was cute. He's so cute. Yeah. And I want to name him Spoon. Why? Isn't that like like the dumbest name you've ever heard? That is what? First of all, dumb There's is a, a hurtful worse. word. Yeah, there is a lot of words. Words hurt, okay. My parents names name their dog Panzer because my dad is a big That's a cool Santa Claus. German word. That's fine. It's Jaeger like, is also a cool name. We had a dog named Spoon? Jaeger. Yeah. What's spo- the German word for no, spoon? Well, first of all, spoon makes sense because Think no, of it like this. If you're like yelling to your dog and he's in the distance and you're at the dog park and he's frolicking with the other dog and you're like, hey, Spoon A. <laughs> like, I just think that'd no. be like a cool thing to yell. No, and no. then if he's in trouble, you're like, Spooner. <laughs> and then no. like when you cuddle with him, he's the little spoon. It makes perfect sense. So you give him the, the spoon name for the, for the option of the other names. Yeah, I want something I can make up randomly. The, oh, the conveniency only, of the name. If only you could do that with any other name that makes sense <laughs> and is a real name. Oh, That's man. the only name. That's the only name. But moving on. So we want to highlight a hunt. Like I said, we did the man's waterfall hunt for duck hunting. And we went there. We got in the draw. It turns out there was a record high number of people, applicants that got in. And there was 42 parties, only 25 zones. Yay. In the years that, that it's been around, the time that we want 
it won't work. It won't. Of course, we, we got get... second to last pick. Now, that sounds like the second worst pick. It's not. No, <laughs> it's the worst pick because if you're last, you get three awesome mugs, which we went the following weekend and won the mugs. <laughs> so we don't have a good track record this year. I, I will say I'm disappointed because they've always talked them up as being, oh, they're, they're cool mugs. They're not mugs. They're not mugs. They're little metal cups. If you put coffee in that, that's going to burn your hand. I thought they were the coolest thing. That's the point I of a mug. I posted it on social media and bragged. <laughs> They're cool actually, if you want to get some water from the river. You in know. retrospect, yeah. <laughs> we didn't get good likes on that post, though. So. If, if we do have to do that, I'm going to let you drink it first and see what happens. That's fine. Cause... But we got in the draw. <laughs> Immune system of an ox. <laughs> we were not successful. So then uh, they had to send the camera guys home, which was tough because you spend all that time getting ready for the duck hunt, doing everything that you have to for the duck hunt. You practice. get the decoys, you get there, and then by the time you get in the draw and you don't get a draw, you don't have time to go to a new area to still be able to duck hunt, which we did anyhow. But we went, we just found a spot on Lake Erie. Yeah, Jeff you and I just threw public land, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, we just... you never know if you're going to find a spot, so we weren't going to drag you guys along with us to maybe because we did that last year. We we didn't get in the draw, and we we brought yeah. the camera guys, with especially us. with all that gear. Yeah. Oh, it was a nightmare. Complete now, nightmare. It, from, my background is not hunting, so when when we were planning it, and you kept saying we need to get in this lottery, we need to get in this draw, I have I had no idea what you were talking about. Right, right. So like, how 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 does for the viewers that don't know, like me, how does the draw work? So for the draw, essentially, you get there, your party gets a number, everybody puts in. Um, you have to show your licenses and things like that. You get a party number, and they pick numbers out of a. A, a ball, like they pull balls out of a. a it's like bingo. Like bingo. It's like yeah. bingo, except we're bad at it, and I'm way good at bingo. Uh, <laughs> Every time they ask someone to pull balls, and we're like, oh, we're not gonna do it. Well, it's we like we need to do it. It's like a, yeah. it's like a stereotype. Like you don't pull the balls because it's bad luck. But we pull, they pull out the numbers, and then whatever your party number, you get to go up on the board and then pick what zone you want. But there's only like 25 zones, but it's like the best hunting in the world yeah. because it's around a refuge that they use, that they manage specifically for waterfowl. It's a great program. Put millions of dollars into I, it. Right. I, and we I, went I, out yesterday and actually attempted to refilm it, refilmed it, did well, and actually got the episode, which was completed, which was nice. Mm -hmm. It is an awesome program. The Department of Natural Resources does an amazing job. And that's another reason why you buy a duck stamp, why you buy duck licenses, is because it goes towards management like that. And if you don't have a place to hunt or don't know the first thing about where to go to find a place to hunt for duck hunting, it's the ultimate. Opening day is a cluster, but other times of the year, like we went in, like I said, we, we got eighth pick and we still got a great zone. So we did fantastic on that, and uh, I'm glad we actually ended up getting an episode that will turn out to be good. Yeah. I want to dive into um, the – philosophical questions which will be our second segment and i want to dive into the first one and that one is guided hunts and the way guides are treated and i bring this up because of the specifics of our experience so guides like when we go out we have to do guided hunts because we never act like the expert if we're not so if we don't know how to do a dove hunt we're not going to act like we do we're going to go out with a guide to actually get it so we go out with the duck you know go out with the guides we've done fishing trips hunting trips everything all of the above we go out sometimes we're successful sometimes we're not but the guys are always super stressed about being successful. And I wasn't sure if it was just because we had a TV show or if they're super stressed like because people are jerks. But based on the way that they're all super stressed, I think they're jerks. I think Jeremy Woman's the only one who's like super chill. But like you go with like a Ray hoodie and he will not go to bed to make sure you get a turkey. Like, yeah. He gets ulcers overnight He gets because ulcers. he freaks out. I mean, he actually has Crohn's, so... Oh, so maybe... Just <laughs> bring that up. But <laughs> I just it's relevant for what we're talking about. Yeah. See, that's what it drives people to do. But, like, what is the 
psychology behind um, the mentality of being stressed about those sorts of things. You know what I mean? It's like for a guide, like are the people going out and being absolute jerks to the guides? Or like I think that would be like the inexperienced hunters are. But experienced hunters, like if you're big things deer hunting and you go out and deer hunt, you don't get one every trip. So it might be like you go out five or six times before you see a good deer. And like do you hate yourself? Or <laughs> no. you know what I'm saying? But if you pay extra money to go with someone who's an expert, then you would think that, well, I paid money and I lost out on extra, so I should but for sure get one. if you're any type of hunter, you understand that that's not how it works. Yeah, you give up yeah. time. And time's the best resource we have, Jeff. <laughs> you don't have a lot of it. What movie is that <laughs> from? Da, da, da. But I think eight out of everyone in our group, we're pretty understanding. It stinks for us because we'll spend thousands of dollars and not get an episode. But that's a- AJ's part. not so understanding sometimes. I, I refuse <laughs> to be understanding. <laughs> As a production, as a someone that doesn't hunt, I want, I, I expect it just in my head. I know it's not going to happen, and I know that you know you don't always get something. But I just want to get something because I want to get the episode done. I want to film it, and so as a production but, standpoint, it's wh- it's very frustrating. What's the phrase we hear every time though? Oh, uh, you always you know any any guide I've dime a dozen that they've had the best <laughs> their their best hunt ever was the day before. And then it's going to be the day after we leave. Too. Yeah, when we're filming. When we're filming. When we're AJ, filming. what time do you normally wake up on like an average day? Uh, if I mean, I like to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I say because like any time we go out, it's three in the morning, yeah. four in the morning. Yep. So if we're already up and we're already, we didn't sleep yep. and then we're not going to get something, what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, AJ's not too happy about it. No. I think we we're all especially not too happy when we were noodling in Oklahoma. Right. Day before it gets... Three sixty pound catfish. Mm-hmm. Next day we get what one nine pounder. And then the day after, all oh, the big hole that we went in, that for sure there was going to be one. There was a eighty pound catfish that he pulled out. Well, we went to the bottom of that hole. We were ankle deep. Oh, the other way, not the way you'd think. We were head in the hole, down to yep. our ankles, and there was nothing in the yep. verge no. of drowning. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we were holding onto each other's ankles, shoving each other into this hole. I could have gotten inside that hole. And turned around in it mm-hmm. and swam back out. Mm-hmm. It was a little freaky. <laughs> a little cavern. Yeah. There, there was a small pocket, and that's where the 80-pound catfish was, and we just missed it. It's crazy. Diving into other philosophical questions, too. <laughs> this one's... <laughs> my sm- I'm a super... You're like a mall cop. You're so good with the Segway. Oh, nice. Nice. You, you planned that. I like that Dad joke one. of the day. Yeah, good, <laughs> dad, good joke. dad joke. Dad joke of the day, more Chef like joke. dad joke of the segment with you. <laughs> but uh, um, the, here's a philosophical question that actually has to deal with dad, so you're going to love this one. <clears throat> Is it possible for a man to strap down something on a trailer, truck bed, whatever it is, and not say, that's not going anywhere? No. <laughs> think about they, every... They'll say it. Think about every time you've ever strapped something down. And it's one of my favorite memes. Think about some... Every, anytime you strapped anything down, you say... Oh. Specifically. Like, yes, like You it. pat it a couple times, <laughs> and you say, that's not going anywhere. And then no, you, you pat it, and then you got to, like, grab it to show, like, this is tight. It's right. not going anywhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> strum the tape strings. <laughs> well, when we come back... We're actually going to be learning a little bit about each person here, why they're involved in it, and we've got some other cool content coming for you. Stay tuned. The Sportsman's Alliance works to protect your outdoor passions. For nearly four decades, the Sportsman's Alliance has fought to protect and advance hunting, fishing, trapping, and shooting in all 50 state legislatures, in the courts, in Congress, and at the ballot box. 
The Sportsman's Alliance continues to be the leading organization fighting coast to coast against any legislation or action that threatens your outdoor heritage, while also proactively advancing legislation that allows more opportunities for sportsmen and their families. The future of our outdoor heritage rests with the passion of sportsmen. By becoming a member of Sportsman's Alliance, you'll take an important step to help protect and promote hunting, fishing, and trapping from attacks by animal rights activists. Join the Sportsman's Alliance today to create a powerful and unified voice for sportsmen across the country. Take the guesswork out of diver duck hunting with Jeremy Ullman of MI Guide Service. Offering everything you need for a successful hunt at great prices, you're sure to have a blast. We offer open water blind and layout hunts in Lake St. Clair, Saginaw Bay, as well as custom hunts in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. We've also got your fishing needs covered with trips available in every season. Go to miguideservice.com to book your hunt or fishing trip today. Eagle Review is the review and ratings platform for thousands of international shooting and fishing destinations for virtually every game species. It is free of charge and it helps you to find the perfect place and to book your fishing and shooting trips directly with the owner or agent. You can easily find unique places in virtually every corner of the world. Find your dream destination by selecting a location, a method, and the species that you are interested in. Once you've made a selection, you can easily compare destinations and find out what other people have to say about their experiences. It's the way to find your dream adventure, compare your options and choose your trip. You can then help others finding their dream adventure by writing your review. So join the community and share your passion. Eagle Review. Find your dream shooting and fishing destinations. Hot Shot Outfitters in Port Hope, Michigan is the destination for whitetail deer, crow, waterfowl, rabbit, predator, and turkey hunts. We have cabins, over 30,000 non-fenced acres, and a passion for delivering fair chase hunts to you and your family. Reserve your hunt at HotShotOutfitters.com today. Hello and welcome back to the Greenway Outdoors podcast. Um, we're going to dive in a little bit. So for the first time viewers or first time viewers, I should say. Did or I say listeners. viewers the first time or listeners? Did I Either say way. viewers both times? They can do both. They viewers, should, viewers twice. They yeah. should view it. Yeah. I mean, it could be I, I, that was my place. subtle way of trying to get people to know that they can watch this podcast as opposed to just listening to it. So if yeah. you're listening to what? it on iTunes, if you're listening to it on Spotify, I'm not hip. Ryan, you're the, you're the 19-year-old. I don't know. I don't think. I mean, you can listen to them on Spotify, but ages yeah, like iTunes. What, iTunes. What's the other one? Google, uh, Google Store, Google. Yeah, whatever. However, you listen to podcasts, whatever. Android Android yeah, anyway, Instead of that, you should go to our YouTube channel right now and search for episode one of our podcast. That way, you can watch this and uh, see. You, you'll be entertained, and you'll be able to see me, Ryan, and AJ apologize in advance for Jeffrey. <laughs> so I'm gonna dive into a little bit about us. I'm gonna it, leave. As in, uh, <laughs> we're right on schedule, Ryan. <laughs> you got your wish. Yep. We talked about this. Ahead. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> so diving right in, I want to talk about what got me into this. And um, about four years ago, here we go. You know, <laughs> four years ago, I uh, uh, identified a problem that uh, really bothered me, and that was 60% of hunting and fishing licenses that are sold to white males 
over the age of 55, and I learned that from the Department of Natural Resources in Michigan. And I also learned that all of the money that goes towards protecting our waterways, our natural resources, our forests, everything, everything that has to do with our natural resources comes from funding provided by the sale of hunting and fishing licenses. And I was like, well, if 60% of them are sold to white males over the age of 55, I've seen those guys eat a lot of bacon. Where are we headed as far as a future of civilization? So, like, what will cholesterol. the... At this, <laughs> at this rate, what will our planet look like in 100 years if the funds for conservation and the protection of our waterways, the Flint water crisis would be like the first of the problems. And obviously that didn't happen four years ago. It happened more recently. But the person who discovered it, the people working on it, were Department of Natural Resources employees that are funded by conser- you know, conservation-minded hunters and fishermen who are paying for licenses and things like that. So I was like, well, we got to replace that demographic. And I was like, well, how are you going to do that? Well, you got to get millennials and Generation Z into it. Well, how are we going to do that? And it was through media content. And I was like, that's like the only way to do it, which is why we partnered with New Radio Media, because it was the only option that we really had to not only do a podcast, but doing it through video content to actually interact with our audience was so important for me. And on top of that, a television show. I said, we need to reach them the way they want to reach. And statistically, reality shows and cooking shows are amongst the most popular with our generation. So I was like, nailed it. Yeah. So I was like, (laughs) we got to incorporate that. And it just seemed to make sense that a specific tactic for specific species, conservation checklist, reality show, and a cooking segment made the most sense. And I cannot believe no one, my dad says it all the time. He's like, why has no one done that yet? I'm like, I I don't know, but I'm glad they didn't because it's kind of our (laughs) job now. Um, Noted. And it seemed like the most practical option to try and inspire new hunters and fishermen to get into hunting and fishing. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, okay, these guys are, this is, you know, this is, you know, entertaining. And I'm watching it for entertainment factor, which is why I will go on record saying, and this will make a lot of people mad, Duck Dynasty has done more to further and expand the hunting and fishing community than every other hunting and fishing show combined with exception to us and Meat Eater. And the reason, <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, and the, re- we're in the same category. Yeah, meat, exactly. Meat. Exit Steve Rinell. Uh Just say his name enough so that it triggers and he sees it. I'm like Joe Rogan, Joe Hashtag Rogan, Joe Rogan. <laughs> but when you go, Trump, 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 Trump. <laughs> so when you go to it, and I'm looking at that, and I was like, they they've done more for it. Duck Dynasty has because they made hunting and fishing content relevant. And what does that mean? Is people are going there and watching the show because they're entertained by it. They don't show hunting and fishing almost ever, but they're entertained by it, and they're open to the community of camel. And then people make gu- uh, duck calls for a li- I was going to say gun calls. Duck calls for a living. <laughs> I, I was very disappointed with the first, like, three or four episodes that I watched because I was expecting there to be there's duck not, There's not. which is. And there was the occasional B-roll shot of a duck right. flying away, or, and then that was it. But for, from, from my perspective, I was like, they're bringing new people in to, to actually visually the care culture. about. The culture, exactly, yeah. from a culture standpoint. So I said, we want to take that culture of the hilarity of the reality show, but mix it with real hunting and fishing content. And that's what birthed the Greenway Outdoors, and that's oh. how, how we got started. Yeah, and that was my, uh, <laughs> I'm proud of what I said. And I, don't, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, AJ. Then we came from the TV show Canal. and like, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> exactly. So that's the problem that we identified, and that was a solution that we put together. And now we're Nielsen rated. We've got over 100,000 viewers every episode. Not a big deal. And we're on our way. It's not actually yet, if you really yeah. want to know. We're getting there. Getting there. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. Not, not a big deal yet. 
but we're working on it. And that's what that's what got me started. Now, Jeff, who I'll segue into him. If you say segue, it's not a segue. Jeff, who is a I like a mall cop. Shut. <laughs> no, no. Every time, really. But Jeff has Cringe. lived across the street from me since we were five years old. Unfortunately. And uh, we became best friends. And he I, shouted at me across the street, and I said, "Yes, worst decision I, said, I ever made." I said, "Will you be my friend?" <laughs> I still are. remember it. And then the next day, we you did. actually did that. I did that. Yeah. I was five, man. That's like how you make friends. You no, shout at people yeah. from across. There wasn't the Facebook back then, okay? And my mom, yeah, you nineteen-year-old yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. He's he born was in ninety-nine. He was a nineties kid, right? Just like we were. I 80s was nineties kid. <laughs> We weren't eighties. We were born in eighty nine. We were one. We absorbed the culture. Yeah. <laughs> and I get well, yeah, but if I was to relate to any song that had to do with the nineties, it would be the nineties by Lil Dicky because he's mm-hmm. so descriptive to our entire childhood. Nothing about tech Some decks. Of it not, not one no. reference about tech decks. That's, so. that's true. AJ hates it. Poor AJ. They didn't even bother because he's got a corner on it. He does. <laughs> he's got a <laughs> So that was how I met Jeff, and then the next day we dug for worms in my front yard because they were fixing the front yard like they're putting in new grass and then we've been friends ever since and that's why we started the show together but jeff why don't we, you te- we used to catch bees with our bare hands my dad taught us how which is funny because now i'm scared to death of bees <laughs> one got in the car Come the other day <laughs> and he went nuts he goes what no reason i hear a fly and i'm like maybe that's a bee <laughs> I, there's no reason for him to be you bees. do kind of spaz out when he does there's literally no reason we used to go out to flowers around. and go hey a bee and then just you walk cl- away. How with do you it. not get stung? You close. I don't know because it's dark. So you just close your hand around the flower and you bring the flower off. So they're in the flower and you're good. Oh, okay. why would you do it? Why? My dad said that he did it because we could. My dad we lied cool. to us a lot. A lot. We idolized my dad as a kid because he like rode motorcycles and was cool. And he like convinced us that he ate bugs, but he didn't eat bugs. He also told me, and I went around telling everyone. <laughs> That's classic. My dad, For years. My dad is like one of the hairy guys. So like he takes off his sweater, which is funny because I can't grow hair from like my eyebrows down. But he looks like, like he takes his shirt off and it looks like he still has a sweater on. I heard that joke the other day. I've been running with it. But we thought he was like the coolest guy. He told me he was like that because we're like one-tenth grizzly bear. And that oh, a long time gosh. ago, because we're... We're part Native American, too. And he told me that Indians mated with bears, and that was, like, our ancestors. And I went around telling kids that, and finally a teacher called me in her office and, like, that's not true. Mrs. Campbell shot Mrs. Campbell. You can't tell him that. <laughs> and it's, like, not true at all. But because of that, we thought, like, well, if he's part grizzly bear, that guy's t- mad cool. So we did whatever he did. So he taught us that, which was dumb, but we did it. But, Jeff, why don't you segue into why you got started in the TV show? Well, what I did was I – growing up, I – didn't do a lot of hunting and fishing. My dad was a, a you know a weekend deer hunter. He'd go out two weekends a year and, and you know go out for opening day and then that was it. But um, and then we'd go occasionally and fish with my grandpa. But there wasn't a lot of a lot of hunting and fishing specifically. We'd uh, we'd go out with me and all my little cousins and we would go looking for frogs. We'd uh, flip over logs and find salamanders and that kind of stuff. It was pretty classic. Neat. Um, so I'm more of a hunting gatherer, I guess. Which is why anytime we do anything off the beaten path, I'm weirdly good at it. Kyle and I did a snake hunt once, and I was very good at it, it for was no weird. reason. I had one, he had like six. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> well, he has like a extreme capability of being able to spot squirrels from half a mile away. Thank you for the compliment. I was That's waiting for you to say something. To I was like, what, what are you going to say? <laughs> well, we were when we were dove hunting, me and Kyle were... In the yeah. woods looking for that squirrel for, I don't even know how long, 20 I, minutes. You walked right in. Oh, there it is. Boom. Shoot it. I love squirrel hunting. That's my favorite. I know, you're by good far. at it. That and duck hunting. But what made you 
want to get into this, like, besides our mission, like, you wanted to spend more time with me. That's what I'm driving at. You're not saying it. I don't know why you're not saying it. I, I like hunting and fishing. I've really grown to love every different trip we've gone on, despite you being there. And, uh, and, and in I, spite I, of you, I Andrew. want that to be something that I can do for the rest of my life. And then one day, you know, when I have kids, that my kids can do that. My grandkids can do that. Are you that. planning on having kids right now? No. Or not right now, but not right now. Later. Are you planning on having kids though? At some point, your dad is gonna be so thrilled because that's like a new thing for you. <laughs> All he talks about is legacy. Legacy, oh yeah. God. So AJ, so. what brought you into us? And I actually, before you go, AJ, I've got something better. I want to talk about how you got started with us. So we were looking for two new people for our production company, and we we're interviewing like ten different people. And Ryan, this is a good story for you because you kind of got handed this, so maybe you should learn something <laughs> from <notes>. AJ. <laughs> but AJ came in and he actually found out about the interview, came in, interviewed, and he was like mentally one of the top people that we wanted to go with. But he came in, and we hadn't made a decision, and we weren't going to for two weeks. He's like, I didn't have to do any of that? <laughs> he came in He came in four times before we hired him. He just kept showing up. He's like, did you make a decision yet? When can I start? And he kept showing up and kept showing up, and I was like, get out of here. more than our other camera guy at the time did. I know. <laughs> that is actually that was a good roast. Yeah, it's true too. He didn't show up, but you didn't call me. I didn't know I had to come in. <laughs> it's a job. <laughs> it's a job. You come in at nine. What are you out of your mind? But AJ came in and he showed up four times, on account. Just showed up and said, "Let's do this." And uh, I'll never forget that. I'm so glad that he did. But AJ, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, and why you're with us. Well, I knew that I wanted to uh, be in the production world and do it full-time and uh, be able to live a life I did and um, and to be be happy with what I do. And it's videos, movies, editing, all that's all that aspect. Time with Kyle. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the relentlessness of that when I did interview was because of that. Um, but I've had, uh, you know, various roles in a lot of mid-sized productions out of, uh, out of here in Michigan. Um, did a lot of work. Did a lot of work with my friends out in uh, Riot Films. Shout out. And... Um, Got to know the uh, the the game that way. There's a there's a whole other world as far as uh, TV shows go that are behind the scenes. You know, kind of like uh, we only know so much percentage of the ocean, and then there's so much below. It's kind of like that with production. There's so much more That's behind a great the analogy. scenes, like an iceberg. Yeah, exactly. Good Not point. always though. And I, I, I never had a hunting <laughs> background or uh, you know conservation or uh, you know really like knew anything about it and. Um, being out here and you know hunting is not really like my thing growing up so it's 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 nice to be to experience it i know that we go on a lot of adventures out here and i i've really come to to respect the uh the nature aspect of what we do when we were in the when we were duck hunting yesterday we we're sitting in the blind i looked at aj i'm like you you're not a hunter or fisherman at all and i'm willing to say that you've had more hunting and fishing experiences than 90 percent of the people that wear camouflage to church. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just, you know what I'm talking about, though. But no, he wears, he, I don't, I'm sticking on the wears. <laughs> he has been on countless hunting and fishing trips now and has more experience inside hunting and fishing than most people that claim to be hunters, which yeah. is funny because he has like a better working knowledge, but he doesn't say that he does because he doesn't identify as a hunter. Yep. But he actually has more of a working knowledge than anyone. He's, he's occasionally better than we are at identifying <laughs> geese versus ducks versus swans at a distance. He, he nailed it. We were, I, we were grouse hunting. He goes, shoot it. It's right there. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. I go, I don't see it. I don't see it. He's like, 
There's that Boston <laughs> accent. Period. It's right there. Right it's there. there. <laughs> Shoot it. It's right there. Shoot him. Now, Ryan, you were quoted as stating to your friends, because I, I met some of your friends, shout out Isaac, because I know he's listening, that you described traveling with our television show as a fraternity and a frat party <laughs> on wheels that hunts and fishes. Yeah. So given that's the case, tell us about your experience in this and what you like about the hunting and fishing and what you like about what we do and why you got into it. And be nice. Yeah, we pay you. <laughs> I'll, be as nice, I'll be as nice as possible. Um, I guess I'll start with hunting because I've been doing that the longest. Um, our family, my grandparents and from before them, <laughs> they were hunters. Um, and so my dad just raised me that way. We went deer hunting. We have dog hunting dogs. We've got... We go grouse and woodcock. We did that episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we filmed a grouse and woodcock hunt with your dad and your dogs and your sister Shout and out Isaac Jeff and Isaac. Yeah, and uh, um, that one's going to be airing in season three. We had a good time. There's some footage of it there actually, and uh, uh, we got to spend some time with your dad. And he's an awesome guy. Yeah. I mean, I really like Jeff. Yeah, he's I called cool. him Jeff finally. I called him Mr. Parks the whole trip, and he's like, "Call me Jeff." I got. I, 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 I can't, <laughs> can't do it. I can't do it. I was supposed to say, Mr., you're, you're older than me. You're an adult. Yeah. And if I call you Jeff, I'm going to say some terrible things because <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like this, Jeff. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, for the video and video production aspect of it, I started getting really serious about it when I was in high school. I worked on a couple public service last year. Yeah, <laughs> Shout last out Fenton High School. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm only 19. I graduated. Thank you, Mr. Ashley, for breeding my talent. <laughs> exactly. Uh Really great teacher, actually. But um, anyways, got serious then and made some public service announcements about drinking and driving. Those were pretty successful. Got to work on other things. And then I found out about you guys and got Kyle's number and called him and said it would be your privilege to work with me, so you better hire me. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going to go. <laughs> no, he called me in December of last year. Can you go on a rabbit hunt tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll show you how to work the camera equipment when we get there. One day prior, you guys wanted me to go hunting. I said, sure. You so. got to experience your first 1 a.m. Meyer shopping trip. Yeah, that's so right. Fun. Buying licenses how the night before. For an hour and a half buying snacks, There's no all we got was Lunchables and 12 two-liters of pops. <laughs> also, <laughs> along with that BioSalud. <laughs> yeah, we tried BioSalud oh, and made us all sick. Oh, no. Well, I do want to say, as much as we tease each other passive-aggressively, I, I love you guys like brothers, and I'm glad that we're all doing oh. this together. Don't make it weird, Jeff. <laughs> but I want to dive into our tip of the week real quick, and uh, um, and then we're going to go to a commercial break. But the tip of the week is, if you're wondering why your wild game is not tender, <laughs> if you're wondering it. why your wild game has a little off flavor to it, soak it in milk overnight. It'll change your life. Mm -hmm. Soak your wild game overnight in milk. Tip of the week. We're going to go to our sizzle reel and our season three preview now. Enjoy. ago that two millennials and lifelong best friends set out on a mission to protect the future of conservation. At the present moment, 60% of hunting and fishing licenses and conservation organization memberships are sold to white males over the age of 55. What many don't realize is these sales and memberships are what protect our waterways, wetlands, fisheries, our data collection, our species sustainability efforts, our forests, 
the Department of Natural Resources and anti-poaching efforts. The $373 billion outdoor industry is looking for the answer to attract millennials and Generation Z. Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors. inspiring millennials and Generation Z to hunt, fish, and practice conservation efforts is not through traditional outdoor TV. We have to reach them the way they want to be reached, and that's through entertaining and educational reality TV show content. And to reach the masses that we need to protect the future of conservation and the outdoor industry, we have to take it mainstream, and the Greenway Outdoors will do it. Okay. When you... When you Frantically move your feet, I'll pull you back out. Okay. He'll click with your feet, and I'll help him pull you out. You want his right leg or his left leg? Uh, the right one smells worse. I'll take it because I already <laughs> know. That's one. the one that P runs down. <laughs> what? We hold his legs apart, we go click your heels when you want to come out. <laughs> Got cold hands. I'll stop. It's in my bag. It's in my. It's in my thing. Why don't you, you dig it out? Cause I don't. It's gonna be at like the bottom, and there's all kind of snacks. Don't touch the snacks. <laughs> those snacks aren't for you. Those, those snacks aren't meant for you. Oh, berries. We could probably eat these. Yeah, eat those. Please. Yeah, eat them. Please, 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 please eat them. Please eat them. Uh, we need the ratings. Just eat them. <laughs> Did the steelhead try to get at you? Poke him like it's hot. <laughs> all right, now I'm done. The True Reality Show platform offers tons of laughs, and each episode teaches a specific tactic for a specific species. In a 30-minute program, we cover the conservation of the species, the gear needed for the tactic, the actual hunting and fishing trip, a Bible lesson, and we show you how to cook it. An action-packed, hilarious, but educational show millennials love.
Welcome back to the Greenway Outdoors podcast. A little frog in my throat there. <laughs> I am going to dive in to the uh, my favorite, favorite part of our radio show that we're going to do every single time. And that is our social media comment of the week. And we've got a winner for week one. The thing is about this, this is my favorite segment, but it's my mom's least favorite segment. And here it is. On a post unrelated to deer in any way, shape, or form. And I mean any way, shape, or form. There wasn't a picture of a deer. There wasn't uh, any hint or mention of deer in the slightest. No, we were advertising the podcast. Yeah. But yet a guy named George Quinn said, Anybody can go to a farm full of deers. Deers? That's not plural. (laughs) And kill one. Try the real woods for a change. Loser. You're a loser, Kyle. <laughs> Too much cough medicine for him. He re- <laughs> I'm glad AJ said that. Why are you so aggressive when you know not you clearly know nothing about us? And I it was funny because like actually people dove in and protected us. Um and I and I commented with a laughy face, as you can see, because that's funny. That was hilarious. But uh I, I would like my favorite part about it is you know what's actually bad about this is my mom is going to hate this section because anyone who attacks us, I had to, like, hide stuff from her on social media. Now she has a Facebook, so she sees it. She calls, like, in tears, like, they said mean things to you. I'm like, yeah, we have a hunting and fishing show. It's the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the internet. We're gonna you better just roasted. turn off the internet now because you won't. <laughs> it's bad. The, whole other world out there. But this guy know. took the cake this week with anybody can go to a farm full of deers. I like that he said deers. I like I that know. he said that. And uh, try the real woods for a change. Well, we actually stay away from deer <laughs> episodes, bass episodes, and turkey episodes for the most part because everyone does them, and we don't want to be like anyone else. They're so we boring. exactly so boring. I know. And uh, you whisper in a deer stand for fifteen minutes and yeah. talk about it. But apparently, this guy thought we were one of those shows because he roasted me. But it just it just shows that he knows not, like yeah, he you clearly didn't hasn't seen one. He didn't even read the other stuff on our Facebook. But he's so angry. <laughs> he's so mad. He was so mad at us. We gave him the opportunity to vent, and that's he's welcome. But he was so mad. He probably has one of those talking bass dance things on in, in his house as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> still, the, the, the ones that Christmas he's, he's still riding that one out. The Christmas ones yeah. where he like sings Christmas. Yeah. Blah, blah. You're like, don't turns. worry, I'll be happy. <laughs> boom boom. <laughs> But that actually brings me into our main segment of the episode is hunters harassing each other. Because clearly he's a hunter because, well, actually. Because anyone can go to a farm. I don't yeah. know about clearly. He said deers. <laughs> I didn't say no. he took English class. I said that he's a hunter for sure because he, he was like deeply offended by the fact that we have it so easy apparently when we don't even do that. We did one deer episode this season for season three and it was a youth hunt with kids. Yeah, none of you guys even hunting. No, yeah, yeah. just the kids. Or less and it wasn't a farm. <laughs> yeah, no. no, and it wasn't a farm. <laughs> like none of this is true. <laughs> nope. Six hundred acres unfenced. But this isn't the only time that we've been harassed on social media, and it's not the last. But beyond that, I've also noticed noticed that hunters, like you would think vegans, you would think PETA, these would be our number one targets to roast us, right? They're they're not. The number one people to roast us or roast each other are other hunters. Like, they hate each other. It's like, you know the one guy that, like, looks for something to complain about? That's, like, 80% of hunters. And I have a I have a belief behind it. I think it's the, the generational thing. It's the people that yep. only have Facebook because it doesn't really happen much on Instagram. And yeah. I think Which, it lends to something. There's some evidence there. Yeah, that I yeah. think it's the age group that does it. But you'll notice, like, you post anything. Like, you post a picture of a small buck. Wrong. A Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Why? Just hatred. 
yeah. so much hatred, like <laughs> aggressive hatred from them for that. It's like, you shot a small buck, you're a jerk because of this. You shot like a hen mallard. You're allowed two out of your four of your bank. Yeah, but you're going to hell for doing it. Like, what, what, like, there's so much hatred towards other hunters. And it's like, well, first of all, we need to expand hunting and fishing in general. So when other hunters are attacking each other, like, a new hunter gets in and he posts a picture with, like, a young buck, and he gets roasted and hated by the hunting and fishing community. He's like, what's his take on the hunting and fishing community now? Yeah, why, all a bunch why of would jerks. he be a part of it? It's like when... New hunters go to Facebook to ask questions, and, like, it's the same thing. You don't know all, that? All, all, yeah, you don't know that. They act like they're stupid, but they're going there for help, and they want to know more, but people you don't treat it. So that's, like, that's just like the lottery that we went to for the duck hunt. You walk in, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I've never been to this spot, and I think I know the general rules, but I don't know which spots are good. Maybe this one's good for this reason. So you ask somebody, and they're like, ah, no, it sucks here. You might as well go home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, that just happened. When Jeff and I did a hunt on, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday, we were that. Like, hey, we've never been to this lottery hunt before. Because we were, like, doing some research to figure out, like, what spot we wanted to go to for the show because we couldn't not succeed again. And uh, we were asked, like, six people. And they're like, oh, there's no water in any zone. You won't get anything. Then we talked to another guy, and he's like, it doesn't after. matter if there's, yeah, after the hunt. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter if you have water in the zones here. And there is plenty, by the way. But water in the zones doesn't matter in this area. Because every area is different. Everyone's got its own tendencies. But, like, nobody would help us or tell us or anything like that. And that's, like, goes to show, it makes me sad because, like, hunters or fishermen, as a group, we need to come together and actually focus on bringing new people into hunting and fishing. Not attacking them, not ridiculing them. And, you know, just, get, like, there's another post. My mom's going to freak out again. But my, I posted a picture of my dad skinning a deer. My dad has always taught me to skin a deer from a neck down. It was easier for us to hang them that way. And you work on your cuts of meat, more importantly, in, in, a order, in an order that would surprise you, but in an order that makes sense to us um, as far as, like, getting the most essential parts of the meat off first and get them into the freezer quicker. But besides that, it's like... The guy's like, well, you got hair in the meat that way. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Your dad doesn't know anything about how to skin a deer. It's like, well, first of all, my dad takes that skin off, and it is perfect. Mine is a hack job, but my dad takes yeah. it off, <laughs> and that is one clean sheet, and there is not one hair on the piece of meat. But you're telling me he does it wrong when it's easier to hang him that way. It's easier to do it that way, and it makes logical sense. And we watch guides do it that way. And yeah, they, yeah. They tell, tell Ray from Hot Shot Outfitters. He doesn't know what he's doing. He, oh. he cleaned a deer. In 42 seconds, I timed it. It was weird to watch, but 42 seconds, that's a 10-minute job. Didn't cut himself once. I would have cut, my, I cut myself when it takes 10 minutes. And it was perfect. Perfect. And so you're going to tell Ray he doesn't know what he's doing? I mean, come on. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it, uh, something opinion-based is now something worth arguing about. Like an opinion-based thing like that is now something worth arguing about. I think a lot of it, though, is is, is there's somewhat jealousy there. Because I, I don't know how many times I've heard... Oh, uh, I wish I could hunt every day for a living. And, you know, we walk into uh, the duck hunt room where we pick the lottery, and I, you can just feel the hate when we walk in with those cameras. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, true. it's so there. <laughs> really? Yeah. And there's also a lot of, I think, uh, online entitlement that hunters have from my from what I see. Is that they, they, they think that their voice needs to be heard. And I've they got think- a super big theory on that, and I think this is what it is. When you go to school, you're graded. When you play sports, you either score the run, score the point, score the touchdown, or you don't. Or you get a a participation trophy. Right. (laughs) In hunting, if you do well, it's because you run a farm with a bunch of deers. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's why you did good. If you didn't do good, you don't know at all what you're doing. And there's no grade scale to know how good of a hunter you actually are. Because, like, yeah. when it comes to bluegill fishing and deer hunting or shooting a rifle, I'll put my dad against anyone. If it comes to woodcock and timberdoodle, I will put Ryan's dad against anybody. But, like, they're, like, humble, nice guys that help everybody. It's just, it's not, and it's not the whole community. So I don't want to sound like, like there's no good hunters out there and nobody nice. I'm just saying collectively, as a group, we have to be better about being nice to each other. Sure. And that there is no grading scale. Nobody knows better than anyone else. And if someone goes out and hunts and fishes... Fishes? Nope. Uh-oh. Nope. Fish? Yeah. Fishes? Fishes? Yeah, yeah. they fishes. Fish. Yeah. Nope. Ruined it there. But yeah, if they hunt and fish, that is a license that is going towards furthering conservation. And as a group, we need to cut the crap, Yeah. get along, yeah. and be happy that we're all there. You know, yeah. And we say we're not, we, we tell them we're not the experts right away. Yeah. Like, oh, it, sure. like we, we're know. not an expert on everything. We cover a million different species so, of course, we have guides. We're not going to act like the experts. We don't know everything. Yeah. And, and, and we want someone who does. But be respectful to people, especially online. Quit trolling people. I mean, come on. The trolls in hunting and fishing, if they buy a license, they're furthering our future. And I think that's why our reality show style format and something like Duck Dynasty, again, I'll quote that, come out and entice new people into hunting and fishing. And I think that's what separates our show. And I think that's what's important because otherwise you just it's a ruthless ruthless game i feel like we're, we're we're making everyone go in the corner for a minute yeah like think about what you're doing think about be nice you were so the kid back and think, so please. compliment be nice be supportive mm-hmm. give tips privately you don't got to roast people be nice just be it's it's the golden rule mrs jervis taught us at lessinger elementary <laughs> you have to treat others the way you want to be treated it's not that hard when we come back from this commercial break we're actually going to be talking about how a guy died from eating squirrel brain and apparently, we were close to dying. We have eight more years. Stay tuned. I'm Dean Stovall of Whitney's Almost Everything Outdoors. We are the premier guide service on Lake Whitney for striper fishing, hog hunts, duck hunts, and crappie fishing. We can sleep up to 30 people. Our house rentals just a short walk away from the water. A gift certificate for one of our hunting or fishing packages makes the perfect gift for that hard-to-shop-for guy in your life. Go to waeoutdoors.com and book your hunting fishing trip today. Do you run or own a hunting, shooting, or fishing travel service? And do you want to expand your international client base? Become a host on eaglereview.com. Join the fastest-growing free online hosting community for hunting and fishing services in the world. Easily create your own page, and don't forget to share your best pictures and videos. On Eagle Review, you can share your contact information, your website, and links to your social media accounts, so you can generate more traffic than ever before. After hiring your services, guests can leave reviews on your page to help you build a good reputation. Now that's marketing. No middleman. You are in direct contact with your clients. Need any help setting up your page? Our team of passionate hunting, shooting, and fishing enthusiasts are standing by to help you out. So go to eaglereview.com now and get started. Hot Shot Outfitters in Port Hope, Michigan is the destination for whitetail deer, crow, waterfowl, rabbit, predator, and turkey hunts. 
We have cabins, over 30,000 non-fenced acres, and a passion for delivering fair chase hunts to you and your family. Reserve your hunt at hotshotoutfitters.com today. Jenks Pheasant Farm in Silverwood, Michigan has been family owned and operated for more than 20 years. We provide realistic upland bird hunt opportunities for any experience level. We have seasoned guides and dogs eager to make your hunt a success. Explore our fields thick with sorghum, canary grass, and good old weeds, which are great for bird cover. We have creeks to help beat the heat during early season, and we'll even clean your birds for you when you're done. Book your hunt now at jankspheasantfarm.com. Riverside Charters, located in Manistee, Michigan, offers guided fishing trips year-round. We target steelhead, chinook and coho salmon, and brown and lake trout. Fish the big lake on our 38-foot tiara, or the Manistee River on our enclosed and heated 22-foot Rivermaster jet boat. We do all the heavy lifting for you, so you and your buddies can focus on catching the fish. We'll even clean and bag your catch for you. Find out more at RiversideCharters.com. The Sportsman's Alliance works to protect your outdoor passions. For nearly four decades, the Sportsman's Alliance has fought to protect and advance hunting, fishing, trapping, and shooting in all 50 state legislatures, in the courts, in Congress, and at the ballot box. The Sportsman's Alliance continues to be the leading organization fighting coast to coast against any legislation or action that threatens your outdoor heritage, while also proactively advancing legislation that allows more opportunities for sportsmen and their families. The future of our outdoor heritage rests with the passion of sportsmen. By becoming a member of Sportsman's Alliance, you'll take an important step to help protect and promote hunting, fishing, and trapping from attacks by animal rights activists. Join the Sportsman's Alliance today to create a powerful and unified voice for sportsmen across the country. Welcome back to the Greenway Outdoors number one podcast. <laughs> Not going to let that go. No, no. That was rough. Uh, let's get right into our next story. Uh, this one's a little scary for us because we have uh, On we account of the prions. We've we done this. Some I kind of did it. I kind of did nope, it. You, no, according to this, you did it. Oh. Yep. Explain. So a 61-year-old man was admitted to a hospital presenting with cognitive impairment, uh, sudden schizophrenia. I have that, all of these. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and loss of the ability to walk on his own. And then five months later, he died. Oh, okay. So he deteriorated. Does this get... Uh, this so. is pretty gruesome. Is there a backstory to why? Yep. Uh, so as it turns out, they did brain scans after he died. And they found uh, transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. Which is like a Swiss cheese in the brain. <laughs> Little holes all over. I've and, always uh, been a cheddar guy. Me too. And Sharp so, cheddar. <laughs> so, known as Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, uh, it is the human form of mad cow disease. Oh. It was a big deal in the 80s and 90s in the UK because of beef, because they were feeding cows, ground up other cows, and that's how they contracted it. <laughs> that's so dark. Um, so this guy, they found out that he had this, and they're like, What's going on with that? It wasn't, top, it wasn't from eating other humans, was it? No. Okay. Maybe. No. Uh, we did that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story. Um, <laughs> don't tell anybody about that. Um, so they talked to the guy's family, and as it turns out, he's an avid hunter, and he squirrel hunts, loves squirrel hunting, and eats a lot of squirrel. Well, they've determined that he ate the brain. 
which is how this disease is spread through the exposure of infected tissue from the brain. This is starting to make sense. They're not sure if he ate the whole brain or just he ate the whole brain. It contaminated he, he the meat the that brain. he ate. I'm saying he did. Um, so it's spread via prions, which are proteins in the in the brain. Okay. And they they naturally do their own thing in the brain, but these ones for whatever reason got folded or something happened weird, and then once that happens to that protein, other proteins do it too, and it spreads like a virus or like a bacteria. And it causes all these weird things, and it takes anywhere from a year to decades to actually form in your head. And, uh, yeah, so we, we and it, it killed this guy off in five We, as a joke, as a competition, <laughs> hunted squirrel and said, we're going to, whoever gets the least amount of squirrels on this trip has to eat squirrel brain. And because we, I heard it was a delicacy in, like, Louisiana and stuff. Like, it's supposed to be a delicacy. So I was like, I, all right, well, then. It sounds gross, but we'll do it. By the way, it looks grosser than it tastes. And of the three people <laughs> in the competition, we all got one, so we all had to eat it. You guys did it? Yeah, we ate yeah. brain. Disgu- well, so looks like you're going to die from spongy Our Oculus. friend Scott and I ate it. He, it touched his tongue, and then he went... It was a texture. But a it's too late. It touched your tongue, and that's it. How'd you cook it? It was a texture. A little bit of salt, pepper, garlic in a in a pan with butter. Didn't help. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like the worst. So... Needless to say, uh, we ate it, and apparently we could die. What's the timeline on how we'll know when? Uh, anywhere from one year to decades. Prions, <laughs> you cannot you cannot boil them, expose them to alcohol, acid, radiation. It infects brains uh, that have been sitting in formaldehyde, like s- specimens, whatever, for decades. And if you touch it, you'll still get it. We Can't ate it. want to go get tested. We ate it. Can't test it until after you die. <laughs> Really? Yep. This is so much fun now. I really wish you wouldn't have done. <laughs> we got Swiss cheese in the brain. Yeah, you very well could be dying slowly. right now. To be clear, this is why I don't let Jeff produce the TV show because he was the one with the squirrel brain idea. And no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> was he? I was one hundred percent against it. Oh, yeah, you that was me. me. You that talked was me. me into That's it. That's right. I did see it was a delicacy. But this is a dark story, and now I'm worried about dying. And I learned that on the number one podcast. The last story <laughs> I want to cover over. very briefly is. Um, currently, and one of the reasons why everyone should go out and support the Sportsman Alliance is right now, uh, governor, the new governor of New Jersey actually just stepped forward, did something that was unconstitutional, and decided outside of his actual, I was going to say jurisdiction, but outside of what he's allowed to do, he banned bear hunting on public lands in New Jersey simply because he didn't like bear hunting. Now, there is a giant huntable population of bears. There are too many of them. There is tons of human interaction. There was easily enough bears for a sustainable hunt and it would have actually helped the fur, you know to further hunting and fishing in general because of the sale of licenses which the sale of licenses remain the same the, the the number that they put up for sale remain the same even though it was banned um on public lands because they're going to try and figure out how they can all do it on private lands but realistically it's not going to happen it was an irresponsible choice and another reason why you should go cho- uh why you should actually follow support and help the sportsman alliance because they're the ones heading up that fight to try and make it so we can get back our rights that we should have yeah, there in New Jersey. a lot of time into that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So upcoming episodes uh, tomorrow, uh, or Friday, Ryan and I are actually going to uh, finish up our dove hunt. Yep. And, uh, Which might actually be with some people from the Sportsman Alliance. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we'll be heading down to Ohio for that. Very exciting. Um, please go to our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube pages. Check them out and uh, um, let us know what you think about this episode and the upcoming ones, what you'd like us to talk about. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Greenway Outdoors podcast. Thank you so much. Stay green.